Good evening. Today is Monday, January 23rd, 2023, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Appendix 2, The Spiritual Experience, and our speaker tonight is Ore. Thank you, Ore. Please share with us. Okay, so you guys can see my screen, right? All right, cool. So here's uh, here's one picture of me. Um, this is this was like thirty days into this recovery. I really do love that cowboy hat. That's <laughs> a great hat. Ah, I love it. And uh, this was. Close to 485 pounds. Um, at that time, I was in treatment. And uh, here's, here's one more picture of me. Um, I like this picture because it shows my size, um, like in proximity to other objects. Um, I also like this picture because even at this size, I was still styling with the shorts and the the different patterns and the combination of textures, you know, uh, it's still important to me to be fashionably, uh, you know, my fashion is still important. So anyway, um, that, that, that's what it was like before. Um, all right. So I can go ahead and stop sharing. Um, so let me just read a little bit. Um, I love this reading, um, in appendices, it says the term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. And this personality change, like that's all it is. It's it's just a person. And it doesn't say it doesn't even say like a complete overhaul, like a complete person. It says just the personality change sufficient enough to bring about recovery. Like that gives me hope because it's, it's not like everything has to be ripped and replaced. It's just a personality change sufficient enough to bring about recovery from alcoholism in um, this ism. And then, you know, there's more information on page 27. Um, he says, the doctor, he says, yes, replied the doctor, there is. Exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, colleagues have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomenon. They appear to be in the nature of huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which are once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side and completely in a new in, in a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. And like that's just more information on like what what this spiritual experience is, this 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 experience that I need in order to recover. Um, and you know, I think about the ideas that drove me um six and a half years ago. Um, you know, my best idea was to order hundreds of dollars worth of food um, and close the blinds and, and try to get my house as dark as possible and, you know, and just binge, 
Like that was my best idea for life. Um, and needless to say, six and a half years later, that is not the dominating, that's not the dominating force that drives me anymore. Um, I'm down over 250 pounds and um, and my life is, it, it's much different than, I like to say that the guy, the guy who came into program couldn't live in the life that I have now. Um, the guy that came into program wouldn't recognize the life, like, you know, wouldn't recognize the life that I have now. Just wouldn't. Um, I, I really do think that the, the, that man, that 485 pound man could not live in the life that I have today. Um, in this morning in my meditation, something that came out was, and I, I didn't I know it sounds so, so philosophical, it, but like the, the problem is the eye. Like, I don't have a problem if there's no eye, right? Like if there's no eye me, if I'm not consumed by the eye in me, I'm just showing up and doing what's in front of me, essentially. But it's, it's the eye is the problem, right? Like that, that the me, me, me is the problem. Um, me focused on my wants, what I need, like, it's just, it, it, it's relentless. You know, my, my wants are relentless. My demands that I place upon others are relentless. Um, you know, my self-obsession is relentless. You know, I'm my best and worst subject. And this morning I was thinking about how when I get those moments, when I get a reprieve from myself, my bullshit, it's the most peaceful moments. Like I can just take, I can just relax in life and I can show up and I can just help and be a service. The problem is, is when that thing comes in, it's like, oh, when am I going to get mine? The fear, like the fear of losing something that I have or not getting something that I want. You know, I'm bouncing between those things. And that's that's what causes disturbance the majority of time for me. Um, and this, you know, this awakening process, I can't take credit for it. Um, I, I know, I know I show up and I take action, but I can't take credit for who I am today. Um, the, because they're, they're who the, my, my personality today is like, there are things that I didn't, I, I didn't know that I was capable of. Um, as you know, I didn't know I had the capacity, the capacity to love like I love now. I didn't know that I had the capacity to think about others and care about others like I do now. Um, I didn't know I had the capacity to to not care about status. Like that drove me for a long time, like status and prestige, even in program. And this is, even in program, you know, I wanted to be Mr. OA. I wanted to be, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to be something for you. I wanted to show you just how smart I was and how recovered I was. And so you would adore, you know, like 
I didn't I didn't know I, I didn't know that I could have a brand of recovery like now where it's just like it's not about that. Um I didn't, you know, I thought I was a lone wolf. I thought, and I, and I took pride in this idea that I was a lone wolf and that I didn't need anybody, you know, and that was just, that was just, that was just complete bullshit. Like I took pride in that. I took pride in that and, and I had a superiority. I, I felt superior to people and I, and I would, I would classify them as needy for for being interdependent. Like that's what a human being is. Like being a part of community. Like right now, I couldn't. I like I couldn't think about living a life without without being in community. Like the men's group that I'm a part of, I'm a vital part of a thriving men's group in my recovery, and I love my men's group. They they're an annoying bunch of guys, but I love them. Like they're my brothers. Like, I didn't know I had the capacity for that, to be a pack animal. You know, I didn't know I had the capacity to walk through incredible disappointment and emotional pain and come out the other end. I didn't know I had the capacity to lose in life like or, or take a perceived loss in life perceived because you know that's something else like it's no winning and losing in this life that I have now it's like everything is for my benefit even even those painful moments the good moment it's like it's all it's all for my benefit it's all for my growth like my relationship to pain has it has transformed I'm no longer afraid of pain. I accept it as part of the life experience. I accept it as part of my growth. You know, my capacity for faith has increased. And what does that look like? I don't always feel like, God, I'm connected to some power, or I don't always feel like the heavens are speaking to me. But what I do have now is I know that I have infinite support, right? Where I can talk to anybody at any time about what's going on in my life and somebody has walked through it soberly. I don't have to rely upon my own thinking. Like that's a change. That's a, that's a huge personality change, right? Like I don't, I, a matter of fact, like I can't trust my thinking always on, on on just not just food, but the way I look at life and I approach things. I have to run my ideas constantly by other people. And and I welcome, I welcome, I welcome getting right sized. It's not comfortable at all. But I welcome that because I know it's freedom in that. Like that's a personality change. You know, right now I give you a, li a live example. Um, I'm trying to move. I'm trying to move to another state, um, and I've been in a job for, or my I've been at my at my organization for almost 20, 20, 22 years, and 
you know, right now I, I'm dealing with massive amounts of not good enough, feeling like a fraud and um, just feeling not qualified and nobody's going to value me. And, you know, that, that stuff is relentless in my head. And the personality change is not that that's going away and I feel amazingly confident in my ability. Like that's not the personality, the change that I have, the the, the change that I have is, you know what, look, no matter what I'm feeling about me, I'm still going to show up and I'm still going to take the action. I'm going to rework my resume and I'm going to, you know, put, I'm going to put what I do down and I'm going to, Pray every step of the way for God to help me. Do, you know, I'm gonna put my stuff on LinkedIn. I'm gonna talk to people, even though I, it's hard for me to um, ask people to help me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the action. That's the personality change for me. So, you know, I don't have the, I don't have the recovery where, or I'm not the type. I don't have the, I'm not the type where I can come in and say, oh, it's all wonderful and great. <laughs> Yay, program. You know, like I'm not that guy. Like, you know, I'm not that guy. But I will, what I do have is what my recovery is, it's like God doing for me what I can do, like God's strength. The power is real. I can get slugged in the face by life. It can be uncomfortable and painful. The food doesn't change. And I still show up and I walk through it. In spite of myself, I walk through it. And there's countless examples of that in my life where it has been scary, it has been painful, and I still show up. I like that. I love that. Like, that's God to me. You know, Another personality change was I didn't think I, you know, I didn't think I could have the brand of recovery where outside circumstances don't turn, they don't determine, you know, like my, my, my recovery is my sobriety, my food sobriety is a separate entity from what's happening outside in, in, in life. Like there's no connection. So whatever's happening in life, my recovery is independent of that. So circumstances don't dictate what I do. Like my recovery remains a rock solid um, at, at my core. Like those are two different things. So whatever I'm going through in life, that's just life. And and that, the reason that's a personality change, because I thought, you know, oh, I, I really did. I had the thinking and I've worked with people that kind of have this thinking. It's like, oh, I'm doing all the stuff I need to be doing. So therefore, I should get a parade. I should get all the bells and whistles. I should get my way in life. That's like, no, 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 that's that's not the contract, right? Like, I really thought that for a long time. I thought that, oh, if I be a good, be a good recovery boy, I'll get my way. For a long time, I used God, the idea of God as a vehicle to try to achieve what I what I want. Right. That's not the contract. A shift happened in this recovery where it was like, no, that's the contract is I get free so I can help somebody out the hole. So I can get on the business of carrying out the vision of God versus Ori's idea, because my best idea is. Look, and, I, and even in recovery, I still get good. I still get good ideas. 
you know, <laughs> good ideas. And I have to be reminded by my sponsor, oh, so now you have good ideas. The same brain that, you know, that thought it was necessary to have large pizzas with choc chocolate lava cake and like that's that was my that was my goal in the day like that was that that was my focus my my primary directive like that the same mind that has that now has good ideas about the way his life should go and um going into my seventh year like I'm so sorry, Rory. I meant to admit somebody and then actually. It's all good. It's all good. Um, like, you know, I always read in the 12 and 12 about how it talks about humility as a desired practice, a way of living. And for me, um, I look at humility as being right size um, or in context. Um, and the best way that I can describe humility is the feeling of humility is when I go out in nature and I don't know what it is about being around mountains, like huge mountains. It puts me in context. It's like, oh, you're not as important as you, like, you're not important. <laughs> like you're just, it's like, I am, I, I have value. I have value and I'm, I contribute to this world, but I am not as great as I, I think I am. Like the first time that I saw the Grand Canyon, which this is one of my favorite places that I've ever been to in my life. Um, and that happened in recovery, by the way, that was a gift of recovery. When the first time I saw Grand Canyon, I almost cried because it was so, it was so massive and it was something the most almost like it looked like a painting like is this even real and being being in proximity to something that amazing it just puts me in the context and I need that like it right-sized me in that moment like nature right-sized me and I need that constant right-sizing because this ego this selfishness this self-centeredness man you know I, I still fall victim to, and just in subtle ways too, in the most subtle ways of, um, I joke about it now, like, you know, but you know, there was a real time where, um, you know, it's like, oh, the great Ori doesn't want to speak for a meeting that's less than, less than, less than 30, 30 people. Like, you know, like that, the little subtle ways it creeps in, right? Like I really had that feeling, right? And I had to get real about that or, or, you know, when I used to try to strong arm my sponsees into um, into uh, following my way, you know, like the, the, that's another the, another form of the ego just creeping in that selfishness, self-centeredness, that superiority, that grandiosity. One minute, Ori. Thinking I'm so clever that I can produce the essential psychic. No, the, I, that's not my role as a sponsor. Like these, I'm just giving you real life examples of you know, how these, the, the I creeps in, that me creeps in, and it can just, it can just get in the way of the beauty of what God can do, what that power can do that's greater than me.
And, you know, seven years down the line, hopefully I'll look back on this year and be like, oh, you know, there's, oh man, there's, yeah, I'm way more, I could look back and say, oh, there, there, there was an opportunity to be more humble here, or, you know, there's growth, you know, like, I don't know, you know, I'm just, I'm just um, talking about like spiritual evolution, like everything changes through that, you know, and, um, and growth. And it's, and it, and it is, it's like God is the, at the center of the story, that power, whatever that power is, it's there. I just show up and I just, and, and I'm in it, I'm immersed in it. And it does what it does with me. And uh, I pray that I just continue to grow in that, in that, in that vein of awakening to its presence in my life and allowing it to move through me in and through me. Um, so I'm still a work in progress. I'm by no means graduated or finished. And I hope I said something that resonated with you. Um, and I hope I helped someone. So I'm going to end it there. And um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ori. Thank you for your honesty and sharing with us tonight. And we will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the spiritual experience, experience in the big book, the appendix two uh, studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you would like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone. And our Zoom host, Subin, will call the raised hands. Or actually, uh, I think the leader is calling the raised hands in order. And uh, we ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would our timekeeper, Leslie, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Thank you. If Ori is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay, so let me just switch my screen. All right. So I see Leslie, will you share with us? Thank you so much, Amy. And Ori, thank you so much for your share. Um, this question came to me immediately. I'd like to ask you, um, when you were talking about your disturbance and how you manage disturbances um, in your recovery, could you share um, with us some tools that you use successfully to get through a disturbance? Thank you. Yeah, um, so there's, like, I, 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 over the years, I've inventoried so much, um, and I, you know, I help people through inventory, so inventory is just a, I, I, like, it's a part of my DNA, it's like, it's almost muscle memory. So the first thing I'm doing is inventory. Sometimes I do a spot check in inventory. I'm pretty effective at like getting to, okay, what's my part? What are the defects? Um, doing the prayer on it, talking to other people, like living out loud about things and living in real time is really something that's that's key for me. Because, you know, I still, and, and it's a setup because I still can fall into trying to, oh, I'm the great Ori. I can spiritualize my way out of things or, 
I can self, I can self-manage a situation and I can, you know, that's another part of that ego, like thinking I can, I can work my way out, you know, out of things. And so, yeah, I can do the inventory, but at a certain point I have to discuss that with another and ask somebody else to give me, um, to help me. And it's specifically like asking for help, saying, I need help with this. Um, that's a big piece of my daily practice. Um, I don't do anything in a vacuum anymore. Um, they're, they're, I'm exposing my thought life to the community on a daily basis. Um, and I try my best not to um, self-heal myself. Because um, self-sufficiency, I can, you know, I got time. I can easily fall into self-sufficiency again, you know. So, and of course, prayer, 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 prayer. Asking God for help. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Leslie, for the question and Ori for the answer. And Cheyenne, will you share with us? Thank you. Hi, Ori. That was amazing, Cher. Just blew me right away. Um, so much of what you said was, was so meaningful um, to hear. And what really resonated with me was the, I think you said your relationship to pain has transformed. Um, and that I just floored me. And I like I, I'm afraid of pain all the time, future pain. What's how am I gonna feel when this terrible thing happens, when that terrible thing happens, you know, or the pain I have right now because I'm worried about this or that, whatever. Um, and um I would love to hear if you care to share a little bit more about, you know, how you experience pain now or or you know, or or have you how you've dealt with like a really painful event or just go a little bit more into that because it was just so powerful how you shared about that. Thank you. Yes. So um, about, I want to say 10, almost a year ago. Um, yeah, about 11 months ago, um, a relationship that I was in ended. Um, and it, it painfully ended. It ended in a way that I did not anticipate. And it it was interesting because what what it taught me was not it wasn't necessarily the what happened, but it was the story that I made up about the what right and how it was confirmation of just how much of a piece of shit I was. And after the breakup, it was I it was relentless just how much and I use that language specifically because it's harsh. And but that's exactly how I felt. Like I felt like I was the, the I was discarded. I was a piece of shit that was just discarded. And it brought up all my history. And it was the most painful experience that I had to walk through to date. And but here's the deal: like the years of training that I've received here is. I'm going to walk through this and the food doesn't change. And we say that in my men's group over and over. And what that really means is it's a commitment. It's a commitment to whatever this power is, whatever this God thing is, it's a commitment that I'm going to allow it to walk me through this 
and I'm going to see if that power is real. Because, and it also trained me, I've had the training like nothing. I also realized that however painful that moment was, this that those months that followed, it wasn't as bad as it was. It's not, it wasn't as bad as being back in the darkness of the food. So, and then like something transitions in my mind where I don't know what, I feel like a soldier. Oh, I'm a soldier. I'm going to walk through this. I'm going to get through this. And I don't know why. So something like my thinking changed this time around where it was like, okay, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. I'm going to get through, you know, like I'm a soldier. So that's kind of, yeah, how things have changed in our way. Thank you, Cheyenne. Thank you, Ari, both. And now, uh, Wendy, will you share with us? It's like done it is before me, no? No? Okay. Um, <laughs> um, can you hear me? Okay. A little bit. Share, or I wanted to share you also that um, I, I had reached out to you. I'm uh, sorry, Wendy. We I, I can't hear you. I'm so sorry. Can you talk closer to your mic? Yeah, hold on. Is that better? Is that is that better? Oh yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Um okay. Thank you for your share, I appreciate it. Um, I just wanted to share with the group um, and you that along the lines of your share, I had had reached out to you one time. I was um, in one of those places, those really dark places. Um, I had gone through the steps and I was had been recovered about three months and I had absolutely believed that I would go through the steps and, you know, I heard stories and meetings of, you know, people got their lives back. They got their husbands back. They got their wives back. They got promotions at their job. You know, they um, got their kids back, all these wonderful things. And I really had my sights on all of those things happening. And um, I got a chronic illness three months into my recovery and I called you because I had remembered you sharing from the birthday party, I think last year about this painful breakup. And I think a job that didn't turn out that you had, you know, going on. And I just said, how do you deal with that stuff? And I remember what you said, you said, um, well, where, where was it promised to you that, you know, recovery was going to bring you all these, you know, these great things. And I said, in meetings you know, in meetings. And I I always hear the good stuff. And I think we do share the good stuff because that's the hope. But the truth is, is that um, it's not always good. And what turned out is that um, I did get through my illness. I was really isolated and um, incapacitated for a year. And I got through that by surrendering to my higher power it was probably the darkest time of my whole life. And, um, and my higher power was my source of my higher power and this group, you know, and my fellows were my source of, um, 
I don't know, life. And uh, I was able to get through it without picking up the food. And so many times I thought, you know, I would go to a doctor and they would say, well, I would say, well, am I going to get better? And they'd say, well, it depends. You know, if you're one of those patients that can't put down the jelly donuts, then no, you're not going to get better. And I was just thinking, thank God I already put those down, you know, because I wouldn't have been able to. And um, just the way I ate is how someone wanting to get healthy would eat. And anyway, it just, you know, I, people would say, how are you? And I'd say, ask me how surrendered I am, not how I feel. Cause how I feel is like crap every day. Um, but anyway, yeah, I relied on my higher power and I got reminded by, by my fellows of that. And just, yeah, for everyone out there, like, no, it's, it can be rough, but we have our higher power with us. Our higher power is not doing it to us. So um, thank you. Thanks for your share. And thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Wendy. And Eileen, will you share with us? I would love to share, but I think Gani has had her hand raised. So I think that's what we were saying. Do you not see her? That's why. Oh, uh, sorry. On my screen, it goes in this order, but. Oh, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll share, but I just, Please I think say, that's what Wendy thank was you. saying. <laughs> Gani, do you want to go and then I'll go after? Is that okay? Time's up. <laughs> I know, this is like the codependent. One codependent talks to another codependent. What do you get? Oh. Um, Okay, I will be quiet and good night. Why don't you go and then I'll go after. Oh my goodness. Okay, I guess I'm managing this unmute thing correctly. <laughs> good night, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you all. Thank you for calling on me. Ore, thank you so much. I have not been feeling too well last night and today, and I was pretty much horizontal, hence the camera off. But you got me up. You got me up because something said... I flippin' need a meeting. I dialed into my morning one and heard the little ends of it, but I was like, it's not going to do it. I need, I need like a meeting. I need to listen to you guys. I need at least three shares before I get out of myself. And every single word, literally what I've learned. And I just shared some step work with my sponsor earlier before this call, this zoom is you just show up. I mean, the action in front. And I think part of the reason I did not feel so great last night is because I didn't want to show up to Monday. It's been a heck of a week last week. It was a working weekend. I really had anxiety and fear about what's coming my way more. I can't manage it. I can't control it. I can't do anything about But I literally was like last night in that reaction mode of, oh my God, I, I, I'm shivering. My stomach's on a warpath. And for a compulsive overeater who does not want to eat, I mean, that's a big you know thing. But I've learned emotions, fear, and anxiety can play a lot. And I surrendered it over. And by the grace of God, I woke up exactly at the time that I needed to wake up. And I just said, you know, I've learned enough that with you all stopping my life from fear is not going to be the answer. So it's, and also stopping my life from perfectionism, the all or nothing business is not going to be the answer. So I did my day. I need my rest. 
and all the overwhelmings that I don't know how to do, somehow that higher power will do. But I tell you one thing that I really heard and I needed to surrender is I've been holding on to a grudge. And I said it out loud to a colleague that I'm holding on to a grudge about this colleague. And I shared it openly with my sponsor too. And it triggered it in God's time as I shared it, you know, I'm like, because it triggers me to the bondage. I don't know how to get rid of the bondage of feeling. How can I get you to change? And something started to happen is I just start to listen to you. I start to listen to her. I start to listen to him. I start to listen to all of you. And I'm like getting present again, which is what I need. And I just need that because I don't want to eat the poison that's going to go to the food. I really don't. I'm so grateful, so grateful that no matter what. And I tell you, the other part is I don't also want to be I will admit, honestly, I don't want to hear be of service. I don't want to hear be of service. I will petty admit that because I have enough going on and I don't want to consider the other person. And oh my God, if I'm of service, then it's going to like, you know, ruin already the control that I barely have over my day of taking on a new sponsee or doing this or doing that. And that too is my perfectionism of self-expectations that surrenders me or that that just keeps me away from that higher power. And the truth is just like he got me to show up today and for one second at a time in abstinence, I think my time's probably up, is like where I'm supposed to be of service, I just will. And I need to kind of keep reminding myself it's not happening to me. This person's not doing it to me. It's like God is going to take through me and I need to keep holding on to something bigger than my pettiness of it all. So thank you for letting me clean my seat. Thank you, Gunit. And now Eileen, can you share with us? I'm just going to stop the recording because it's 8.49. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> 